Welcome back to DC Beer Show, everybody. I am Jake. With me, as always, we have Brandy and Mike. We're going to keep it tight at the start today. Uh, follow us at DC Beer across social media and Discord. We're keeping it tight because uh, we have not one, but two interviews. But first, before interviews and such, Brandy, Mike, what are you drinking? Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I am drinking two different things. Well, not simultaneously. My first beer that I had tonight was from Red Bear, and it was the Krampus Shuffle, an Abbey-style quad, 10.2. It tasted absolutely like you expected a big Abbey quad to taste like. It was really, really good. Went down actually a little quicker than I anticipated it going down. <laughs> and now I'm currently drinking a beer that I snagged at Yes Organic earlier today. It's called Stranger Than Fiction. It's a porter. Mm. It's from Collective Arts Brewing, which I, I'm not overly familiar. I've had a couple of things from them, but I'm I'm pretty impressed with it. It's very easy drinking, a fairly light porter. It's 5.5. Mm. It's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Shout out to Collective Arts and uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Former yeah. Canadian Football League, uh, CFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, shout out to our neighbors to the north. So, Brandy, you are drinking beer from a far-flung place. I am drinking beer from an even further-flung place, the St. Georgian Boy Butenheimer Hopfenzupfe, which I have no idea what it means, but I think it means super hops. But St. Georgian Boy sent us a Keller beer. Shout out to Craft Beer Cellar for carrying their beer. Um... So it comes to the United States in a tank container, and then it gets canned in Oxford, Connecticut. Shout out to Be United for canning it. And on the can, St. Georgian Boy, which is in Bavaria, says, In our show hop garden, we cultivate the Holotau Middlefru variety with great care. So it's a hoppy lager. Uh, it's got a wonderful malt character as well. And it just reminds me of using local ingredients to brew beer, which is pretty hard in D.C., as a home brewer, you can do it five gallons at a time, but you can't really do it, you know, 500 or 5,000 or, you know, 500 barrels at a time. So, yeah, I'm just loving this this German lager, which is so wonderful. And uh, it makes me really appreciate all the lager brewers in the world, the locals, um, as well as those from far flung places. So, Jake, what are you drinking? I have here this fancy Boundary Stone glassware. Boundary Stone, we ah, miss you, come back. Um, I am drinking beer much closer to home, and that is the Astrolab Phil Runco um, collaboration. Entangled and entwined and betwixt and bewitched and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, because um, good friend of the site, Phil Runco, who writes for Brightest Young Things about all things beer, um, and maybe one day will write for DC Beer, pitched a uh, Citra Motueka hop collaboration with Astrolab up in Silver Spring. And they said yes, and they made the beer. And so then I went to the craft beer seller and said, can I please get the Phil Runco four pack, which is two <laughs> of his collab with Wheatland Spring, um, Alberto, which is Italian style Pilsner. Uh, just meaning it was dry hopped with a bunch of noble hops, but otherwise your standard continental pills. And then this lovely IPA, um, 7%, good stuff. So long as CBC has it, I say, head down there and ask for the Runco four pack. On that go. note, I feel like that's all the witty banter that you're going to get from us. <laughs> uh, yeah, because um, Brandy has an interview with Streetcar 82. 
Uh, I've done one with Atlas Brew Works uh, with Justin Cox uh, that I believe we'll do part one of today and um, part two of at a later date. Brandy, do you want to take us away? Yeah. So I had the pleasure of sitting down with two out of three of the owners um, of the 100% deaf-owned brewery in Hyattsville, Streetcar 82, Mark Burke and John Citrano. Here's the thing, because we had to use interpreters for our listeners, there was this endless kind of back and forth and, and banter between Mark and John Citrano and the interpreters. And then it was just, I mean, it was a very, very long recording episode, uh, which we had to cut down, unfortunately, for the show. But I wanted to make everyone aware that the full transcript for the show slash interview between Mark and John and myself will be available on the DC Beer website for everybody, um, just to make sure it's available to everyone hearing and not hearing. Um, but I sat down with Mark and John, Mark Burke and John Citrano, and we just kind of talked about their new beer that was being released with Lion Distilling and some upcoming stuff. And it was really, really such a fun time. Um, and please note in this interview that uh, Mark will be interpreted by Jonathan Vega, who is so awesome. And then at the last minute, his girlfriend, Rita, who's also an interpreter, who is a wonderful shout out to Rita, came in at the last minute to interpret for John Citrano. So in this interview, John will be using Rita and Mark will be using John. I know that's confusing. So I hope everyone enjoys this interview. Please look for more information um, about Streetcar and their upcoming releases and just how awesome they are. Um, so shout out to you guys. I am sitting here uh, socially distanced in the brewery Streetcar 82 with my good friend, Mark Burke, who is one of the owners, one of the three owners of the brewery, along with John Citrano. And we are here tonight because of a wonderful collaboration beer that has happened between Streetcar 82 and Lion Rum Distilling. Before we get into the beer, I wanted to just give a little background um, about the brewery and then kind of boast about how awesome Mark is because I've known Mark for pretty, a pretty decent amount of time. His brewery is really close to where I live and I live Fort Totten area. Streetcar 82 is located in Hyattsville, Maryland. It's super close to D.C., so if you guys think that it's not, it is, so come visit. So with us tonight is Mark Burke, uh, John Citrano, and their interpreters, uh, John and Rita. So thank you all for being here. Mark, please introduce, uh, well, also John, please introduce yourselves and what, the story behind Streetcar 82 and what made you decide to open a brewery and the impact that it has um, had on the neighborhood and your lives. Well, first of all, thank you guys. We're a pleasure to have you guys here tonight. It's really a thrill to chat with everybody. I'm proud just because Streetcar 82, we've been here since 2018 now. And, you know, when the place opened up, it was a journey unto itself. It all began back in the summer of 2016 when on a whim had decided that I was going to open. A, I, I was deciding whether I should open a brewery or not on a whim. 
I had sent out messages to some friends and we were like, you know what, should we open this brewery? We decided to sit and discuss the concept. From there, we had a business pitch at Gallaudet University and, you know, the pitch itself, we didn't have a lot of time to prepare for. In actuality, our PowerPoint was developed on a napkin and we walked into the idea really was the the idea was that beer brings people together and you know we didn't win that particular pitch at the time but we did win the audience's favor and we won $250 at the time but that $250 was really all it took for us to get started and hit the ground running and we've been doing that since and here we are today Wow, that's a really good story. Yeah, and if you ask me how really it got started, it was even before that. I would say in my classroom at MSSD, Mark stopped by and he was like, hey, you, you want to play uh, uh, rugby with me? So really, the two of us, we started playing rugby together. You know, we were thinking about the community and the big picture uh, for the brewery. How exciting is it? to have really the only deaf-owned brewery in the area. I mean, you must get so many people from Gallaudet. I mean, because Gallaudet's super close, so I'm sure it's so exciting for the deaf community to have a place that they can go and call their own. Because when when you come here, if you've never been to Streetcar 82, I highly recommend you coming because the beer is fantastic and the vibe is great. They have heaters outside. There are people outside right now, I see them. It's such a, a wonderful, inviting, warming space, but don't be alarmed when you walk in and there's no music playing. Actually, a lot of people say that they really like not having the music as part of the ambiance because they can really feel like they can sit and chat and really have intimate conversations with each other. So um, that is sort of a plus that people like. I completely agree. It, you just, it feels more like you're at someone's house and it, it just like more of a cozy because there's not that loud music that you have to talk over, you know, and it's great seeing everybody come together and drink this beer. Speaking of this beer, just tell us about the beer that we're drinking, the special collab release today. You know, I started a barrel aging program um, in years past and we started to expand it recently. We've had a rye whiskey barrel from Sangfoi. And they're a brewery up the street, or distillery up the street. Um, we also had another one from 1-8. Um, and they're in D.C. as well. And we also had another one from Catoctin Creek. They're in Virginia. And I wanted something different than a whiskey. We, you know, we thought about having a rum. We thought about having some other type of spirit. Um, you know, everybody seems to be kind of attracted to rum because of the flavor. Um, then I met um, Jamie actually at the farmer's market and we talked about buying a bottle of rum from um, Jamie. We started from there and we, we became friends from that point. So, so I was talking with her about the fact that we wanted to have a rum barrel for our barrel aged program. And she said she was sure she could do that for us. So we kept in touch. She gave me her number and then I visited um, her distillery last fall in St. Michael's. She gave me the barrel, and because it was a smaller barrel than what I was used to, I realized, okay, well, 
you know, I had to be excited about this. And it got me started. It got me thinking about the fact that we have the barrel aged program. We've been doing that for a while and we want to be able to serve it on tap through a keg. And now we had this smaller barrel and I thought I would do a, a cask ale and that we would transfer the beer, uh, the beer into the barrel, add a little bit of sugar, make it um, a lighter carbonated uh, flavor and serve it straight from the cask in a room temperature environment. So um, I thought that that would be perfect at the time. You know, we went ahead, tried the barrel. Um, I had it in the tank for a while. It was the Belgian Dark Strong at the time. It was the Belgian Dark Strong beer. I thought it was the perfect complement to a rum barrel. And then it was actually a perfect marriage between the two, actually. I felt like they both really worked out for us, for our flavor, for Street Car 82. We're really thrilled to release that beer today. Yeah, and maybe you want to expand how we developed that, too, you know, yeah, so we developed the recipe back in 2018. It started out, it was, it was a deaf brewer in Alabama. Um, it was actually at Yellow Hammer Brewery. And he came up here to visit us. And he was here with us for a collaboration. It was for a Belgian Dark Strong that we were going to call the Lightning Route. And it was basically a named after an old streetcar line in Alabama. I want to jump on the cask ale conversation by saying how exciting it is that you guys did a cask ale. For beer lovers, having a cask ale, having something served to you at the temperature that it's supposed to be at, it just it's, makes it more enjoyable and it, you can taste so many different nuances in the beer and it makes it that, that much more enjoyable. Yeah, t- tell us all the, tell the nerds all the stuff. The cast scale that we have done, it's 11% ABV. We put it into a, we, we, we blended really a dark strong ale with this particular rum barrel. The Belgian Strongs have a toffee and caramel flavor to them. There's a sweetness to it um, from the yeast. The flavor is almost like, to me, um, it's like a rum itself. It it almost feels like I'm drinking a rum. Yeah, and I do think that the Belgian Strong Ale itself really has a lot of sugary notes in it and caramel in it and of itself. So then once you marriage that um, into the barrel, You know, there's a sugarcane note with the um, Belgian Dark Strong, and it really combines really well with the barrel-aged, with the cask. There's a warm feeling to it. I will say how I would explain it to someone who doesn't really know anything about beer. It tastes like you're drinking a rum cocktail. It tastes like you're at at a bar and you ordered a rum cocktail that, you know, a little bit sweet, toffee, you know, like perfect for a cold day. So this beer couldn't have come at a better time, especially that you're, that you're pouring it from cask. So come and try this beer. I mean, hopefully it'll still be on, on tap. And what's the name of the beer, guys? We didn't even say what the name of the beer was. Yeah, we spontaneously decided to name it after Wellerman's, after a shanty song. So, you know, they say, oh, they bring tea, coffee, rum. So we thought uh, this would be a special name for it, and it would perfectly sort of um, capture the moment, the Wellerman. What's on the horizon? 
So I do have some beers coming up soon that are pretty exciting for us. So one is a, it's a pecan brown ale. And we made that particular um, batch last year for Mardi Gras and for Fat Tuesday. And this year we decided to make it again, actually. But this time around, um, we've actually doubled up on the amount of pecans that are in the batch. So we spent about seven hours at home on Sunday with my wife baking the pecans. So, you know, our house actually smelled great that day, <laughs> I all bet. day. I actually was getting texts from Mark uh, saying, oh, look, look what I'm doing. And as soon as I saw the pecans, I texted him back and said, brown ale, because I love, brown ale is one of my favorite beers ever. And so I lost my shit, basically. I was like, oh my God, we're having, we're having a brown ale, pecan brown ale. So I'm so excited. I, I need to close out. I need to wrap it up. But I guarantee you're going to have a good time and a good beer here. And I wouldn't put my word behind that if I didn't really mean it. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, John. Thank you, other John, interpreter John, <laughs> and, and Rita, um, and Richard, beer spiller Richard. Richard spilled beard tonight, guys, but it's okay. We might edit it out. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And we're back. Thanks for that fantastic interview, Brandy. Um, really enjoyed listening to the folks uh, behind Streetcar 82 and, and what, what wealth they add to our brewing scene. We're going to turn it over to Jake, who's talking to Justin Cox, CEO of Atlas Brewworks about the contract beers that have recently been coming out of Atlas. The two particular beers, the Madame Veep IPA and Amtrak Joe Pilsner, accompanied by some wonderful artwork. So if you miss the beer, you can purchase the artwork. And that's really a, an, an ode to this new administration. They've inspired these brands, and these brands both come to us under the occasional label. You see, it's a pun where it's an occasion, like the inaugural, but ol is ale, inaugural, occasional. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> if you can't get your hands on some Amtrak Joe Pills or Madame Veep uh, IPA, I would highly recommend supporting uh, Sankofa Brewing Company or Soul Mega Brewing Company. Uh, don't forget it's Black History Month. Support Black businesses every day. Um, we, we've got a, a beer coming out from Hellbender called Support Black Businesses. That'll be out at a to-be-determined time. But, um, you know, support Black businesses every day. We try to do that ourselves, and you should do it too. Um, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's delicious. So without further ado, we're going to get into the interview now with Justin Cox of Atlas. Welcome. I'm Jake, and I'm here with Justin Cox, co-founder of Atlas Brewworks. Justin, say hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Thanks, Jake. Good, good speaking with you. Yeah, it is good to have you on once again. And I thought we'd uh, kick off uh, the interview with a brief discussion of Occasion Ales, the runaway canning sensation that has now sold out uh, twice. Yeah, three times, actually. Oh, yeah, three we times. Had, we have a third better. batch, so... Yeah, it was kind of a, a, a cool project. So, I mean, during COVID, you know, we're always looking of how can we do new things? How can we drive some business and get some revenue, keep people employed and stay afloat during this whole thing? So we've, we've done a lot of uh, a lot of different things throughout this. I mean, pivot the word of 2020, right, for business-wise. So we started, I guess, back in September looking at kind of standing up a uh, direct-to-consumer shipping program. 
um, and kind of you know, going through all the crazy legal hurdles and figuring out the regulatory side of it and then learn so much about cardboard boxes and, and packaging throughout this. And finally got that, that up and going, and which we're currently shipping to Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, um, and Ohio. So we're hitting a lot of places that don't have our beer normally, and even in, in Virginia and Maryland where we do distribute, there's parts of those states that don't have access to Atlas. So um, kind of a, a, a cool thing, and, and the wine guys figured this out a long time ago, and it's a little bit different in beer just logistically, you know, the weight of the beer versus shipping costs. And it's kind of, it's a crazy situation, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, we got that up and going and I was telling my, my buddy Craig about that. I mean, Craig's an, a local entrepreneur and he's starting up a, a company that's focused on direct to consumer. Um, so we started chatting kind of about our experiences and that, and he had the idea of, well, Hey, we should collaborate on a, on a beer together. Um, and, you know, so we're trying to think of, you know, what was a good occasion um, that people would want to be drinking for outside of the normal, you know, St. Paz Day Cinco de Mayo type things. Um, and then, of course, the inauguration coming up. Um, it's super unique and that we nobody can or nobody could go down to the mall and or have their big balls like they normally do. Um, so everyone's going to be doing it virtually. So what a perfect opportunity to have some beers while sitting at home to kind of celebrate and commemorate the changing of the guard. And at Atlas, we've tried to stay as apolitical as we can throughout our, our lifetime. There certainly are some brands, you know, who take big stances on political issues and that's great and good for them. That's just not sort of what we do, but this inauguration and changing administration, I think is, is a monumentous occasion, regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on. Um, and so, yeah, so I was talking with Craig about that. He pulled in a buddy of his who's a, a designer to kind of create the labels for, for the beer. And we fired it off. So we kind of set the website up just sort of as a test. Let's see how this goes. Um, and it was up for about, I think it went up right after Christmas or so, but we really didn't publicize it much. And Craig was kind of hitting his, uh, his consumers, his email list up. And then it sort of just caught, and and I'd say within the span of three days after it actually was out there in any sort of major way, yeah, just everyone ate it up. It was great. They just we sold out. So we tried to figure out. It was like, man, that was a big hit. How do we do that again? And how familiar you are with what's going on in the the aluminum and the can market right now, but it's, you know, it's really tough to get cans. Um, We at Atlas, you know, all the cans that we make for our core beers are all painted cans. So we're getting those by, you know, the minimum orders an actual truckload of those. Um, so luckily we are well supplied in those, but we don't have access normally to bright cans, which is what they call a can that's just this, that's blank. Um, and, you know, a lot of breweries do that for all of their beers and they just put individual labels and in individual cans. And so they have a sort of a pipeline for that. But luckily it turns out that I guess we're a somewhat good customer for our can supplier. And so they were willing to divert a little bit of those cans over to us, um, which we used for that first run. And then glad that worked out. Yeah. It was, you know, it's kind of crazy circumstances and, and getting into new stuff that's it's out of our traditional wheelhouse wheelhouse uh, to make, make this happen. So that was great. And we said, okay, well, as soon as that sold out, I called up the can manufacturer and said, how many can you give me? You know, we've got something here that, that people really want, and we'd love to be able to supply it to them. And so we're able to get enough for a, a second and third round 
um, which all sold out maybe within an hour or so each, which was pretty, pretty insane. Pretty awesome. Pretty yeah. insane. Were you all expecting something like that to happen? Um, or at least not at first, but based on, um, the, the, say, based on the canning run reception for rounds one and two, did you f- know that then round three was going to sell out and you had something like a hit on your hands? So had no idea that was going to happen with round one. I know we were literally, we were just kind of like, let's test the waters here. Let's see how this does. And, you know, we'll see how many, you know, what, what's the smallest number of cans we can make. Um, then when that sold out, we were like, okay, well, as I mentioned, you know, we called the can guy, we're able to get cans and like, let's try it round two. But we got so many phone calls and emails and tweets and Instagrams and everything after the first round. Um, just the, the, the fervor behind it was crazy. And so we, we had an inkling that we could do it a second time, but we, we structured that one kind of as, as a, well, even as the first, but as a pre-sale saying, you know, hey, these beers aren't going to be available until around President's Day or so for round two. Um, but if we get enough people who are interested, then we'll go ahead and pull the trigger and do this. Um, and then as soon as that happened, it was, we were, you know, physically counting how many cans we had. And we're like, all right, we have enough to do a round three. Let's, let's put it out there. Cool. And you're now selling the can art as well. How's that been uh, received? Like, is that selling as well? It, it is, you know, and that's another kind of crazy thing. I think that's the, the whole point of this project, really, is kind of the commemoration of, of the occasion. The artwork is, re- is really cool and capturing a moment in time. And people have been buying the, uh, uh, you know, purchasing the prints of the labels as well, which is awesome. And not, I don't know if it's surprising or not, but people who are buying the cans are also buying the prints. We kind of had the idea for the prints for those people who wanted to wanted to be a part of it, but we didn't have any of the actual cans or liquid for them that they could still do that through the having the print. But people have been doing both. In fact, I think the first person who bought the bought a print was someone who uh, works kind of higher up or worked higher up in the Biden campaign, which is pretty cool. Maybe we're going to be on the wall somewhere in there. Huh. Then someone will do like a White House tour and snap a picture of that, and we'll see. That'd be cool. My mom would be very proud if we made it into the White House. Yes. But now for the the quote-unquote controversial part of this, the beers themselves are existing Atlas beers, are they not? That is true. Absolutely. Yes. There were a couple of people we you know we solicit feedback from you know the twi- the Twitter and Instagram users who follow right. us. And again, we're at DC Beer across those platforms. Hint, hint, plug, plug. Um, <laughs> and some of them, um, a couple, a few, several felt maybe like a little bit misled that these weren't standalone beers, and that you know. Amtrak Joe Pills as bullpen Pilsner and Dance of Days has turned into Madam Vice President IPA. Can you speak to that quote unquote controversy at all? I personally don't see too much controversial about it. But. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I really don't either. I mean, we, we're certainly weren't setting out to, to hoodwink by any means, but our, our goal here was kind of the commemorative packing packaging portion of it and creating a really cool, a cool label commemorating the event. In an ideal world, you know, we would have had enough time and and uh, foresight to be able to brew completely new beers if we were able to sell, you know, an entire batch of, of beer through this, which in hindsight we could have. But there was also sort of the timeline of when all this came together. So I don't remember exactly when, when Craig approached me, but it was definitely before, you know, the final results were in. And there's quite many measures of when the final results were in from the election. But in any case, even even after the the general election, and then you know I don't even remember now. It seems you know the time of 2020 is is a flat circle. But 
you know, there was a couple of weeks, I guess, before some of the states were actually reporting their, their official results. And by the time that was over, there just wasn't logistically time to get new ingredients in and brew a new beer and have it packaged and, and ready to go by that. So we decided to take, you know, two of our, our most approachable and, and best-selling beers and, and put them in the commemorative cans. Thank you, Justin. And thank you, Streetcar 82 peoples, for your time as well. Stay tuned for more from Justin at Atlas. Uh, we've broken up that interview into a couple different parts. Uh, you'll hear more of it at a later date. As always, this is Jake for DC Beer. You can follow us at DC Beer. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. On Instagram, you're drinking beer, you're in the DMV, add us. Brandy will then broadcast, retweet, repost, do the things that you know she does so well. On that note, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. I miss you all. I can't wait to hug all my beer people and drink together and share beer and pretend that COVID never happened. Love you. (laughs) 